Pay attention, son. This is for your own good. This is Gateway City Sports. This is Talking Sports on the Bleacher with Don Glenn. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. You got to get it done. A confident young man, a superb athlete. What the hell's going on out here? To infinity and beyond. Hello fans and welcome back. I've saved a few spots up here on the bleachers. I've got the brats going, the chips and the potato salad are out for the tailgate, and the cooler's full. Because we're going to talk NCAA sports today. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers. I really have a good guest lined up today, Russ Robinson, or Uncle Frank as he's known around the offices of Gateway City Sports. He's going to come by and sit with us and talk about Missouri and Illinois, the Armed Services Bowl, college football playoffs, and we might even get some bragging rights talk going on in there. Uh, Let's take a quick look at sports news of the day. In the NFL, Urban Meyer is out as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars have been awful this year, but it was questions surrounding Meyer's leadership that prompted owner Shad Khan to let him go. Meyer was was called out by uh, Trevor Lawrence publicly for coaching decisions and things of uh, a leadership quality that... uh, uh, brought or that brought his leadership quality into question, I should say. Uh, then also, uh, reporting a report came out from former kicker Josh Lamb uh, that Meyer kicked him in the preseason. I guess this was, and then just verbally abused him. Uh, this is all according to Jason La, La Canfora from CBS.com. Com had made the decision to fire. Uh, prior to the public allegations of abuse and mismanagement, so he had this idea of get, letting Urban Meyer go probably a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the NFL playoff picture is taking shape. Some teams have solidified positions, or I should say one team has solidified positions, and some missed an opportunity today. Uh, some are still in limbo. The Green Bay Packers became the first team to clinch a division title with a 31-30 win over the Baltimore Ravens, thereby also giving them the 
uh, playoff assurance. Uh, Dallas could clinch a, the NFC East with a loss by the Washington football team on Monday. Uh, Tampa Bay had their chance to clinch a playoff on Sunday, but lost to New Orleans 9 to nothing. Uh, they can still clinch a playoff Monday with a, with a Minnesota loss or tie, plus a Philadelphia-Washington tie. Arizona is actually in the same boat after their embarrassment by the Lions Sunday, and they need the same combination of a Minnesota loss or tie and a Philly-Washington uh, tie to get a playoff berth. Uh, the Rams could also clinch a playoff spot if they win Monday night, plus the same Minnesota-Philadelphia-Washington combo takes place. You know, those two games, I think, have a big uh, impact. The Minnesota and the Philadelphia-Washington game have, uh, looks like they're going to have a very big impact on who's in and who's out here uh, this week for the NFC. As it stands right now, the Packers are number one, Cowboys two, Buccaneers are number three, Cardinals are number four, Rams are number five, 49ers are sixth, and the Saints are number seven in the current playoff picture for the NFC. A win by Washington, Minnesota, or Philadelphia could leapfrog them into position over New Orleans and still kind of cause a minor mess. Uh, you know, this is we still have three weeks to go, and uh, it's going to take another couple weeks to get it all straightened out. In the AFC, it's a little more wide open. There are no division titles have been claimed, and no playoff spots have been guaranteed. Um, the current order right now goes the Chiefs, Patriots, Titans, Bengals are 1, 2, 3, and 4, with the uh, Colts, Chargers, Bills, the final three teams rounding out the seven. Uh, there are also five other teams in contention for playoff spots, uh, or even a division, or even a division title. Actually, in, in the case of the uh, uh, AFC uh, North, uh, with the Bengals, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Tennessee all in one big lump together, so to speak. Or excuse me, not Tennessee, uh, Cincinnati, and uh, all with all in one big lump. Uh, I think they're like one game, maybe two games, separate the all four teams. Um, in baseball news, not much going on with the CBA and probably won't be till after the first of the year. Uh, no negotiation, no new negotiations have been scheduled. So, um, it is as, as it was, uh, the Mets, however, did hire Buck Showalter as their new manager and, uh, he gets a three year deal to try and make sense of that, uh, quagmire they call a baseball team in New York city. Um, we'll see how long that goes, whether he makes his three years or whether he walks away or runs away screaming. I'm not sure. The Mets did make some good moves, so he's got some good talent on the team, but I don't know. Working with Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen right now may not be the best for your career. Mike Schilt, former Cardinal manager, has been hired by Major League Baseball to work in the commissioner's office. He'll be working on the on-field operations department, which, among other things, oversees the umpires and on-field discipline. Now, bringing in somewhat of an old-school guy like Schilt into a role that has influence in on-the-field trends and rules, given the penchant for trying to speed up and the analytics of the game, um, could this be a signal that baseball is willing to temper that analytic bastardization of the game? I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, we shall see. But uh, good for Mike Schilt. Glad to see he's get, still getting... Uh, still going to be in baseball. In NHL news, 
The NHL is reportedly considering a pause in play, as well as opting out of the Olympics. This is in response to the rash of COVID cases that have just gone rampant across the NFL. That's caused, or excuse me, the NHL, which has caused a number of games to be postponed and questions to be raised. The current situation is being handled on a case-by-case basis, and it's led to some questions about why some team games were canceled, why some games had to be played. Uh, so a pause might be what is needed to uh, level things out, uh, so to speak. But a pause would also actually eliminate the NHL from participation in the Olympics. And the league has until January 10th to withdraw without financial penalty. Uh, and according to league officials, they are considering that option. So that's pretty much all the news that is news across the nation. Now let's get to our guest. Hey, have you checked out GatewayCitySports.com yet? Well, why not? We're centered around fans because we are fans. Check out the articles on the Cardinals, the Blues, the Battlehawks, Missouri, Illinois, anything in the St. Louis Bi-State area. We have a good team of writers and contributors that try to cover as much of the sports world as possible. Also check out the other podcast, Team of Rivals, Two for Three, Yacker Jacks, and the often imitated but never duplicated and always live Derek King Sports Show. I want to introduce our guest today. He's uh, our Missouri beat writer, uh, SEC guy, and all around just good good, good dude. Uh, we call him Uncle Frank, but his name is Russ Robinson. How you doing, Russ? I'm doing great, Don. How's it going today? Hey, it's going pretty well. It's going pretty well. I mean, uh, we're having uh, it's some really decent weather up here. In, in I'm, I live in central part of Illinois. We're having some really decent weather this time of year. It's only about 45 or something out there and right. pretty clear. So, you know, I'll take that kind of temperature in mid-December. <laughs> in mid-December, you take that. That's right. That's right. Hey, um, wanted to, we wanted, I wanted to bring you on because uh, – you do the Missouri side of uh, the NCAA sports and I take care of the Illinois. So kind of makes a natural fit when we got what's coming up here in about three days with the bragging rights game. And then of course there's some pretty good things going on with the two football programs. Right. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of the uh, minor bowls played earlier this or earlier this week. And uh, I was looking, just looking over some of the scores and some of the games and it was just, it's kind of crazy. I think you and I were talked about it in a prep a little bit of some of these bowls uh, um, and teams that were playing. I mean, you had, um, uh, let's see what we got here. The Fresno State defeated UTEP in the New Mexico Bowl. I mean, right. uh, you know, uh, Liberty University, they had a, a really tough, tough game. 56-20 win over Eastern Michigan in the uh, where was the name of that? What was the name of that bowl game? The uh, Legend L- Lending Tree Bowl game. Okay, yeah. Uh, I tell you what, the, the one I think we need to talk to the boss about is um, Middle Tennessee beat Toledo thirty-one to twenty-four in the Bahamas Bowl. Well, that'd and, be. I'd yeah, like to I, go there. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I will say something. We need to talk to the boss. And if we're going to cover mm. the NCAA, we kind of need yeah. access to some of these games. Yeah. That's you know, right. See, see if you can cut a check. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, we could stay down there at, uh, at the, uh, what is that big hotel down, that big motel or oh, resort uh, on that, the beach down oh, there? Uh, Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. Like to yeah. Stay in Atlantis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
wouldn't cost that much, would it? <laughs> a couple of yeah. press passes, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, big news for Missouri. You guys are going to a bowl game. Yeah, we uh, we uh, hadn't been to a bowl game since uh, 2018. The big thing, Don, is they haven't won a bowl game since 2014. They've been to bowl games since then. They've lost, uh, they've lost. let's see, I guess about three bowls in a row. And last year they were scheduled to go to the bowl, but COVID, COVID canceled the bowl for them, you know, so uh, they didn't get to go. So this is their first bowl game in about two years, and but they haven't won since 2014. So they've lost about three three bowl games in a row prior to that. So they really need the program. They really need a bowl win. Now he's had some momentum with recruiting. He picked up momentum with had a good great recruiting class come in. Now the next step would be to, you know, if they could win in a bowl game, win this for this uh, uh, armed services bowl, I believe it's called against Army. A yeah. win there would be a nice. Uh, a nice bolt, a nice shot in the arm, a nice catapult into the into next year for them. Yeah. When I did a kind of a preview of, of the uh, upcoming football season between Missouri and Illinois, or for the two schools, Missouri and Illinois, um, you know, I was looking around and the prospects for Missouri, they, people had them pick, picked finishing fairly low with maybe six wins. You know, they didn't really get – um, what, what, what was Missouri's final record? I, I'm, 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 it was, uh, it was six and six. Six um, and six. So you get to about right. Yeah, right. It was some people were pick were maybe picking six and six. There were some that were thinking as high as eight and four. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe not, they wouldn't contend with Georgia for the SEC East, but thought maybe they would contend for the second, second spot. Some people even had as high as eight, uh, nine and three. Yeah. So, uh, so it was a little disappointing. They lost they, they, early in the season. They lost to uh, Boston College in a shootout, and they lost to Kentucky in a shootout. They lost a couple of games that got away from them that maybe they should have won. Uh, but that sounds uh, yeah, like Illinois season. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. They kind of picked it up toward the end of the season and reeled, reeled off some wins to get to the six and six mark. But yeah, they. Uh, uh, you know, consider it's just his second year, and he's had only two recruiting classes under his belt. Uh, yeah, this is this is probably not a disaster. It's not a disaster, certainly. Yeah, is I mean, uh, did Drinkwitz have a lot of lot to do or a lot to accomplish in? Because uh, I know up here at Illinois, when we when we hired Bielema, he had a, a monumental task mm-hmm. of trying to change the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, from what had been the last 15 years to um, something that resulted or uh, resembled winning. Uh, did Drinkwitz face the same kind of situation in Missouri? What Drinkwitz faced more than anything was probably uh, sagging fan enthusiasm. Since uh, Gary Pinkle retired after the 2015 season, he had been there 15 years and he had built the program up pretty good. Uh, they had They were consistent bowl team they had won in his time they won I think like five division championships first in the big 12 they won two three in the big 12 they won about three in the big 12 and two in the in the big in the SEC so he had the program up and going pretty good they were averaging uh, probably even in their they were averaging 65,000 a game 
uh, they, even their games that weren't the non-conference game, you know, they play someone like Eastern Illinois or someone like that. They were still putting 60,000 to see in conference game. They were getting close to 70,000. So the enthusiasm is real high, but after he, he retired and then Barry Odom took over, it started falling. And, uh, and that's what the coach Drinkwitz faced when he came to Mizzou was maybe lagging fan enthusiasm. And one of the reasons they hired him is he's such an upbeat, enthusiastic guy and, uh, and a good promoter. So, but still yet the, the, this year, the home attendance was probably in the 40,000. So he's got some work to do to get the fans back into the seats in the stadium and get the enthusiasm back up. And that's where it is. He had some talent. He inherited some talent. Uh, so the talent wasn't terrible. Uh, I would say probably uh Belima had a has a bigger challenge on that end coming in than maybe Drinkwitz did. Uh, so yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, because uh, I think the years with uh, Lovey was Lovey Smith the coach before that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the last just five years work. under Lovey. Yeah, it didn't work out there. And Barry Odom wasn't a terrible coach. I mean, he uh, he after his first losing first year, he had a losing season. He reeled off. I think you know he had. His last season, he was six and six. So he, you know, um, the talent wasn't terrible. They just needed a, they needed someone who could bring back enthusiasm. And I think one of the reasons they fired Barry Odom was that the attendance was falling, interest was falling in the program. Uh, had the uh, attendance been higher, they, he might have, he might have held on for another year or two anyway. So that's, right. so that's, that's Coach Drink's challenge to get people back into the, into the stadium. I, I noticed, yeah, I know as far as Illinois goes, uh, you know, when when uh, they hired Lovey after Josh Whitman uh, showed up um, and they got rid of uh, Thomas was the AD before him. And uh, he was, uh, I, I, he had no business being in a power five conference as an AD. He just didn't. Right. right. Um, and the big programs suffered because of it. Um, you know, you know, Beckman and Cubit weren't necessarily horrible coaches, but they didn't know how to bring a winning attitude. Mm -hmm. When they brought in Lovey, they, I think they were counting on his name, bringing in these recruits and then boosting the program and it never went anywhere. And Lovey even got to the point where he actually upset and uh, set some bad relationships with a lot of high school coaches, uh, in, across Illinois. And, uh, that's been Bielema's biggest challenge is getting to these coaches and saying, Hey, this is not the Lovey Smith Illini. This is, this is Illinois football. This is what sure. we want you to come and play for. Sure. And, um, you know, that's been his big, I think the, the, the first thing he said when he was first, one of his first press conferences, somebody asked him about in-state recruiting. And he says, well, I've already talked to the Illinois Department of Transportation and we're blocking all roads out of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. but that's been his biggest challenge too. And, and then and again, trying to change the culture from, from not just winning, like I said, you know, cause the same thing as, you know, we could win the, uh, um, uh, you know, play a, a West Texas, or we could play Southern whoever, and we could win those games, you know, Ball State, maybe win a couple games like that. Right. But once we got into the 
the meat of the schedule and we started playing the you know the, the wisconsin's and the michigan's and the michigan states you know we were getting our butt handed to us about every day and wow. um i think the one thing you saw this year and um you know i really do want to thank uh, missouri for letting ryan walters go because <laughs> after the i mean the first three games i wasn't too sure because they gave yeah. up 101 points in their first three games. Yeah. And, you know, then Bielema said, we're going to do some changes around here, boys. we got to fix yeah. this. And I think right. Walters went to work. And I, I, mean, I think we were giving up 33 points a game in the first three games. And after that, we gave up. I think it was I think the, the defense actually was only giving up 20 points a game. Right. After those right. three games. So he kind of clamped it down. I mean, he got some help from the kids kind of stepped up. Um and, um, you know, so I, I, I'm kind of pleased with the way things went this year. I mean, uh, we, we definitely missed the boat on, I mean, we could have had, we were five and seven. We could have been easy, um, eight and eight and four, um, okay. because we, because we let Purdue yeah. get away from us. We let, um, uh, Maryland get away from us, um, Rutgers, we should have won. I mean, there was just, a, you know, three or four games in there where we were right in the game and right near the end. And next thing you know, it's look up at the scoreboard and we're lost. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the sign of a new coaching coach coming in with a new staff. Uh, you usually have, you know, what they beat Penn State this year. Was that who Illinois beat Penn State? Yeah, Penn State in it, nine overtimes. Yeah, that, that overtime, yeah. That overtime so, shootout. I mean, you know, a, a new coach will bring in enthusiasm, but it still takes a while for his system, his way. To oh, yeah, step, and he's still got to get some players. He's still got to get some players. I mean, the biggest right. thing they need is quarterback, and I think that's going to get solved uh, because uh, uh, they're bringing they, – for at least for next year, they'll have an option with uh, – Syracuse quarterback Tommy DeVito, who transferred to the U of I. Oh, okay. Okay. So right. at least we're getting a little bit. I mean, we, we've got Art Sitkowski, but uh, he didn't really light up any fires. Uh, we got a couple kids on the uh, that were here this year as freshmen, uh, bringing in uh, one of the top quarterbacks in New Jersey, uh, freshman next year. Uh, I don't see him playing right away, though. I see him maybe waiting, them waiting a year or two on him to get him in the game. But um, right. But yeah, we'll see what happens with the, with the Illinois and, and, uh, going, you know, but I do think Missouri is really, um, I think they, they're, you know, they're probably a couple of years ahead. I mean, they didn't have the, the turnover that we had in the last 20 years of three different coaches and, and none of them having any business being a, well, not 20 years would be the last 10 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, uh, we're, we're a little bit step behind or two, step or two behind. Yeah. 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 Well, Belima, he's, you know, he's been, this, he was a success at Wisconsin. He knows what to do. Uh, he didn't do that badly at Arkansas, just that I don't know that he was a good fit in the SEC. He, oh, you know, his I, Big yeah. Ten mentality probably just didn't fit there at the SEC. So, uh, but he won a disaster, certainly won a disaster. Way, way well, and, you know, and, and, you know, once you, what, with the SEC, the way it's grown, you know, programs like Arkansas just—they're not going to get the the kids that that your big boys are going to get. Your Alabamas, your Tennessees, your right. Georgias, Ole Miss. I mean, right? You know, Arkansas gets kind of left in the lurch there for. <laughs> yeah, well, they play <laughs> in the West, over. and that's that's where Alabama—that's where Nick Saban, Alabama's at. So it's it's uh, Saban's cost a lot of coaches their jobs over in the yeah. SEC West. Isn't that the truth? 
Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Hey, uh, speaking of the recruiting, we're talking about that. Um, Missouri, again, Missouri reaping some benefits from this year. Um, according, depending on which service you look at, 24 7 mm-hmm. Sports has Missouri as recruiting class as fifth in the SEC and 12th nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rivals puts them at uh, eighth in the uh, SEC and 18th nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you see with the recruiting class you guys picked up? Well, this is probably the best recruiting class that's been put together that I've ever seen since I've been following Mizzou. I mean, uh, the number of four and five star guys he pulled in is just amazing. Uh, uh, he's yeah, like you said, depends on your recruiting services. I've seen as high as four in the SEC, and I've seen as high as number nine nationally. Uh, you know, uh, but definitely within the top twenty recruiting class nationally no matter who you look at uh once again i refer back to gary pinkle's success he never did recruit that well what pinkles and his staff was good at was finding uh, uh diamonds in the rough vi- overlooked players bringing them in developing them and turning them into good college players and putting a lot of them in the nfl and uh his recruiting classes never were in the top 20 they were might be inside the top 30 uh, but that's but, but so what Eli Drinkwitz is doing is just amazing at Mizzou. No one has seen anything like this, this, this recruiting class. So the only thing left for him to do now is take these this talent he's getting and turning it into wins is eventually what you'll have to do. It might not be, uh, you know, I don't know what will happen next year, but, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will be looking for more than six wins next year. But probably in two years, if he can recruit again in another year, maybe in two years, we're, we're looking at something maybe pretty special. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back with some more of with uh, Russ Robinson on Missouri, Illinois, and, the, and how they fare in the NCAA. Hello, this is Don Glenn from Gateway City Sports. We all know how important it is to stay protected. Sometimes life throws you a curve, and that's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They offer a customized approach that's unique to your situation to make sure you, your family, and your assets are properly protected. They also offer great rates and savings. Give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294. They'll help you out with an insurance quote right over the phone. Even give them a call if you just want to talk sports. They do that too. We all have busy lives, so you can email Sean at seanwiley at allstate.com and talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. Okay, and we're back. Um, you know, you gave a pretty good report there on the on the um, recruiting process over at Missouri, and you know, I think uh, going from the Illinois side, um, you know, Bielema, I think one of, like I said earlier, one of his biggest things that way he wanted to do and put forth was to try and recruit the state and and bring in in state kids, wanting them to play for Illinois, kind of like something that happened years ago with um, um, 
Mike White. I mean, he came in and he said, you know, why can't you get state in-state kids? We we need to get bring these kids in. Right. Um, in Cuba, or excuse me, um, Bielema was the same way, and you know, it was it was you know. Beckman, Cubitt, and Smith all said they wanted in-state kids, but they never really put the effort to get the good ones or really make a concerted effort to promote uh, Illinois. It wasn't really until um, I think uh, you saw the success with the Illinois basketball team that, you know, they finally got woke up on the football side and said, we need to promote the state, you know, because we were getting to the point where Northwestern was Illinois' team. And, you know, right. for the for the for the state university to be topped by a private school was just not what they wanted. Right. Um, and, and they did they did well this year. They picked up 10 kids from Illinois, uh, including seven of them who are in the top 30 in the state. Um, they overall, they picked up six offensive linemen and they're going to need every one of them because they're losing, I think, all but one of the current offensive right. line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got one, one of those offensive ones, the J, a JC transfer, um, Isaiah Adams, he, he's, uh, definitely going to be needed to fill a, an immediate hole. The most intriguing one I think that they got was, uh, Magnus Miller, a six, nine, 300 pounder from Denmark. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how they screwed, yeah. uh, recruited him or scouted him, but, um, but they, you know, uh, that's just an impressive size right there. Right, um, right. You know, and like I said, I mentioned the picking up of uh, Tommy DeVito. This class, I think, is going to be something that uh, they, they've got a couple of running backs. Um, they've got uh, a kid that uh, who he can play wide out. He can play slot. He can play the tailback. Uh, he goes about 6'3", 235 or 225, something like that. And some of the stuff I've seen, uh, game film of him, he's just – He's a big straight ahead, um, shoulders forward type runner. Um, kind of reminds me of the current freshman we have, Josh McCray. And, uh, you know, we've got him coming back. We'll have um, um, uh, Chase Brown coming back. Uh, and I think, uh, so I think, you know, which is something Bielem has always had where he's been in Wisconsin or even Arkansas was, was some good running backs. He's had a good stable of running backs. And uh, I think that's where he wants to set this at as a running, running first program. And, um, you know, so the addition of six offensive linemen and a couple extra running backs, um, I think that's going to help uh, is now we'll just see, you know, nothing's going to get solved with this recruiting class, unfortunately, you know, right. um, but next year, if they can build on what they did this year and they can see some of these recruits, I mean, uh, Kirby Joseph, uh, Illinois safeties, uh, ended up being the number one defensive back in the nation. He's going to the NFL draft and he's right now, I've heard projections is he's going to be a second rounder. And, uh, you know, and, and you see kids like that, that are going and that are leaving that are, um, being projected that well, I think, it's going to bode well for, for the program down the road. You know, like I said, we're, we still got a, a maybe a year or two to catch up to uh, where Missouri's at right now. But I think, uh, you know, I think if, as long as they keep pushing, pushing it, they'll get there. So. Well, as most, uh, as most of these coaches say, and I heard Drinkwood said it and Gary Pinkle said it when he first got to Missouri, it's recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the key, you know, to get help in there. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. And you know, I think nowadays with the transfer portal, 
you know, getting some of that immediate help is, is a lot quicker, a lot easier than having to, to grab a, um, a JC kid and hope he can make the jump to division one. Oh you yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, cause you've already got these division one kids coming out and through that transfer portal. And I think that right. makes it a little bit easier in that respect yeah. you know, for teams. It makes a, it can make a quicker building program. Of course, at the same time, the transfer reporter can give it and take it away at the same oh, yes. time. I know. Uh, oh yeah. I know. Last year, Drinkwitz lost some guys that uh, you know. I think he probably would like to kept, uh, and he went in deeper in the transfer reporter to make up some difference, especially on the defense. Now he also uh, this year he lost his his most productive tight end to the transfer reporter. He's already gone. Uh, uh, so you know, like I said, it can help you or it can. It can hurt you. It's just so oh, yeah. so easy for these guys to move around now. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, especially now you don't have to you don't have to wait that year. I mean, they've they already picked, and actually he's already picked up a uh, another transfer portal defensive lineman who's already in school but won't be able to play until next year. Um, next year, right? Yeah. So, uh, or no, excuse me, that's the basketball program picked up. I'm sorry, got my got my programs mixed up there. Uh, but no, it, that yeah, you're right about the transfer portal. We because Illinois has already lost a couple to the transfer portal yeah. as well. So, um, hey, well, you know, the college football playoffs are coming up, and uh, you guys, like I said, you guys have the bowl game coming up on the 22nd with Army. How do you see that Army Mizzou game going? Well, Army has – it's going to be a real test for the defense. The defense appeared to be getting better the last half of the season. It, 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 and they were especially rather effective against the run. They were doing some good things against the run, where in the first part of the season they couldn't stop anybody. Um, <laughs> but it seems like now they, they, they've gotten better. So this Army triple option is going to be a real test for them to see if they can't – if this defense is truly improved under Steve Wilkes. Uh uh, uh, it, you know, it's the number two rushing offense in the country. I think oh, wow. uh, they put up a tremendous amount of yards every every. Well, they were at over three hundred yards a care uh, a game in rushing before the Navy game. Then something happened in the Navy game, and that that's dropped to below three hundred. But uh, uh, they so they're uh, they're they're, they're going to be a, a real test. And you know, the thing is, is uh, uh, Army uh, triple option is supposed to be a control game offense, so it might limit the amount of time that uh, amount of opportunities Missouri gets to score. So you know everything may yeah. may le- level on the defensive play of both teams. You know I don't I don't know. Uh, uh, you know this is going to be like I said this I've said earlier this will be a good test. It'll also be a nice if they can win it. It'll be a nice uh, lead into 2022 next season they can uh, win and end the season on a positive note seven and six sounds a lot better than six and seven you know oh yeah no doubt no doubt yeah. well like you said it, it gives them a, it gives them something to build on saying you know coming off yeah. a, a win like that that's for sure um getting into the football playoffs a little bit um were you surprised that the final the, the final four so to speak at all not really. Um, I figured once Alabama won that game, there's going to be two SEC teams get in, much much to the chagrin of Brian Swalbard's friend. Uh, yeah, he just hates Papa. Alabama. I mean, he was having – I'm sure he when he saw Alabama in there too with Georgia, he was having some sort of conniption at home over that. Uh, 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I won. Uh, let's see. The other team is uh, who, who else got in? Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, uh, see, Cincinnati. Alabama's number one, Michigan two, Georgia Michigan. three, Cincinnati four. Yeah, that's who I was trying. Yeah, so you know, once once the way things kind of played out, I wasn't surprised Michigan got in the Big Ten champ, and uh, I didn't know if Cincinnati and Notre Dame would get in, but it just shows that uh, if you have a, a a conference playoff game, championship game, it it means a lot, I guess, to the selection committee. Uh, Notre Dame being left out, you know, of the, yeah. the final four. Well, I mean, you know, well, in Cincinnati though is I think they're the to me, they're, I won't say surprise, uh, mm -hmm. because it's kind of like uh, the Boise State thing was uh, a few years ago. Right. You know, how do you leave an undefeated team out of a bowl, out of a championship contention? Right. You know, yeah. um, but since then, I think they're the first or the first probably first one since Boise State non-Power 5 um, right. uh, team um, in the playoffs. So. Uh, you know, kudos to them, like you said. Now, yeah. um, you know, especially I didn't think really Notre Dame had had that much of a chance because, like you said, they don't really have a a conference playoff, and uh, they're you see they're still independent in football, aren't they? Right. They they have an ACC deal for their other sports, and right. they all but they, and they play if they play because of that they play so many games in football a year against certain. ACC schools, but they're not part of the football player right. system in the ACC. So right. I think it catches up with them. I think that's what's, uh, and I don't know what they'll do about it. They got that sweetheart deal with NBC. I guess it's still going to go on. Yeah. Um, uh, their own their own uh, contracts. So I don't know what will happen if they'll ever change. You know, everyone thinks they need to go into conference, but I guess it's all about money. So it just depends if, if it ever pays for them to go into a and it would be the ACC, I'm sure. If well, I mean, yeah, if they on. did. I mean, as much as I know some people around here would love to see him come into the Big Ten, and and I, I think the reason they don't come into the Big Ten is because they know they're going to play second fiddle to Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, right. Michigan State. I mean, uh, they may not on the field, but they, they know where the notoriety is going to go. And mm -hmm. I think that's why they, they like the, being somewhat associated with the ACCs because – you know, football wise, there is real no notoriety in the ACC. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of stunning. You know how Florida State and uh, has fallen. Yes. Uh, Clemson was dominant for so many years there, and now the, I thought that they've dropped a little bit. But uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, logically, geographically, it would be make sense for Notre Dame to go in the Big Ten, but in this day and age of the Power Five, the way these conferences are being put together or coming together, geographics doesn't mean a thing. The Missouri should be in the Big Ten geographically; they would make yeah. more sense. But they went to the SEC mainly because of TV, you know, ge ge geography. The SEC yeah. wanted to be in the in Missouri. They want the St. Louis and Kansas City markets as part of their network, and that's why Missouri got in. And you know, uh, uh, you know, it's it's all about what what your addition to the network is. And Notre Dame would be make a big impact on the ACC network if they moved in. Oh yeah, I'm not so sure they help the the Big Ten network that much or not. Big Ten yeah. networks are pretty much a success already. So yeah, well, and, and the Big Ten's already. I mean, they've already kind of made their stretch with picking up Maryland and Rutgers right. uh, over the last right. couple of years. So right. Um, so. 
So they went, they're going in that direction. They're going east more than, than staying in the Midwest. Staying where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although it's, it's going to be interesting. I think you and I talked to this uh, one time with Brian um, that uh, the uh, big 12 deal, what's going to happen with that and uh, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the sec, you know, how that's going to affect things down the road. Uh, I know big 12's already picked up two or three teams to try and replace them. Right. Right. Um, but we'll see how that all fares out down yeah. the road. But yeah, I think you're right. And in, in, in the Power Five conference, in this day of power, this day and age of Power Five conferences, um, you know, you've got to have a, a reach. And right. um, you know, I think yeah, the SC, the ACC uh, reaching out to and being into the midwestern part of the, of the United States, you know, makes sense for them as, as like I said, the Big Ten's going east and the SEC's going all over the place. And right. uh, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, you gotta, you gotta fight or keep up, you know, you gotta fight to keep up. So, um, um, so, okay. So we get back to the, 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 uh, the Alabama, um, so it's Alabama versus Cincinnati to start with, and then uh, Michigan takes on Georgia. Um, do you see, a, a, or I should say, not do you see, but how big is the possibility of an all SEC final? It's possible. I think, uh, Alabama, you know, uh, you know, it's not infeasible. Certainly to think Alabama could beat Cincinnati. It's not infeasible to think that Georgia could beat Michigan, but at the same time, Don, I don't know that Cincinnati couldn't pull an upset. You know, Alabama's not the – this Alabama team is not the dominant team it's been uh, in some years, you know. I just don't know that they've run over people. Uh, that they, They've struggled in some games. They lost the game to, I believe, Texas A&M. Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to me if Cincinnati won. It might be a little more shocking if Michigan beats Georgia, but maybe not. I mean, you know, I, I really? know they – Yeah. Okay. I don't know that Michigan uh, – I, I, you know, Georgia's pretty good this year, but you know, who who's going to pick Michigan to beat Ohio State this year? I, I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they they kind of came. I mean, they 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 flew under the radar most of the year uh, as far mm-hmm. as uh, 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 how people viewed them as competition, and you know, because everybody's talking Ohio State, and then next thing you know, it's you know, yeah, yeah, they fell, I mean, and Michigan took it took their place. You know, right. I think, was, uh, I think a lot of people were thinking Wisconsin would have a bigger say in what, what happened uh, in the Big Ten this year, but they didn't seem to – I mean, they played good. They had uh, a good, good, decent record, but they just mm-hmm. never – blew. I mean, they beat us 24 to nothing, but, you know, comparing to what they beat some of the other guys, I think I, I felt pretty good about that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you everybody know. was has been uh, discounting uh, Michigan mainly because – uh, the Michigan coach, hey coach, I, why his name is slipped. Harbaugh. Har, Harbaugh has been just hasn't he just hadn't really done what they thought he'd do yet, and they just I think they just kept expecting them to falter this year, and they never did. You know, they, right? They, they went through, they 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 did it. So I, you know, I don't know. That final four is a pretty good matchup. You know, I, I would be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, I don't think Alabama's dominant, and I don't. And Georgia has, you know, offensively is not a superior team. They just got a great defense. So we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting. Those two games are going to be interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Um, 
I'll tell you what, let's get another quick break in here and then uh, we'll uh, come back and we'll work on the uh, bragging rights contest. Okay. So. Hey, Don Glenn here for Fifth Street Motors. We all know buying a vehicle can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. Fifth Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri, will help you find the vehicle you need no matter what brand. Fifth Street Motors believes in giving you the best price on a pre-owned vehicle that will fit your budget. Give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306 and tell them Gateway City Sports sent you. Hey, and we're back. And um, now comes what the a lot of fans, I think, are looking forward to in what, three days now. Is it Wednesday, right? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday the 22nd. Wednesday yes, the 22nd. Right. Uh, Missouri and Illinois in the bragging rights game. And mm. um, uh, oh, I had a graphic here just a minute ago. I lost my graphic. Ah. Mm. Anyway, um, I think Illinois leads the series uh, right now 24, 25 to 14 uh, since it's the bragging rights game actually started in, in uh, 1980 uh but missouri's won the last three you guys mm-hmm. have won reeled off three in a row here um much to the chagrin of of coach underwood yeah he hasn't he hasn't beaten you guys yet <laughs> yeah he, he makes mention of that he says you know yeah. one of his jobs he has to beat missouri yeah. um so what, what's the missouri team look like this year russ well, it's a it's a reconfigured team. Except he only has two guys back this year who got any playing time last year. Uh, uh, Colby Brown, Javon Pickett, and he went out into into the transfer porter portal and brought in a lot of new guys. He lost guys, and that was the reason he had to do that. But he wanted to refigure his team. Uh, he seemed like he he was ready to get on with uh, get on with the next wave of players at Missouri, and uh, he lost some good players, but he's he brought in guys he says he has a lot of confidence in, but these guys haven't really gelled yet. Uh, they've lost some some rough games. They lost to UM University of Missouri Kansas City, got beat pretty bad by them. They got beat pretty bad by Liberty. They were in some tournament down in, uh, I think, in Florida, and they got they won. They beat SMU in overtime, but they lost to Florida State pretty handily. And then they re reestablished the Kansas rivalry. This is the first time they played since Mizzou left the Big Twelve, and they just got hammered by Kansas. Uh, so, but last night they beat Utah at home, and Utah was 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 having a better year than Missouri had, but they, they played together. They looked good. So hopefully uh, that's a good sign going in against Illinois. Cause we know that they're, they're having a decent year this year. So, uh, uh, you know, I hope it's a good close game. You know, I, I hope it's a good close game and Underwood, if he's going to beat Missouri, this might be the year to do it because they're, they're trying <laughs> to find it. So, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, with, with, uh, you know, uh, Coach Underwood had I don't I I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago. You know he had probably the most unusual uh, off season, or uh, if you will, 
uh, of probably any basketball coach I've ever heard of. I mean, he started off with losing players that are transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, then he had players declaring for the draft. Then he lost all three assistant coaches. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was kind of, you know, you kept, as a fan, you kept looking okay, at what's happening next. And, and most of this happened in one month in April. Most yeah. of this happened in April. And uh, then, of course, you know, Kofi came back. Two of the other guys came back. Uh, Trent Frazier, uh, DeMonte Williams, they came back. Um, and Kofi ended up suspended for three games because when he went to the transfer portal, he sold his gear, which at that oh. time was legal because he was yeah. in the transfer or not transfer portal when he was went to the NBA draft, when he declared for the NBA draft. When he backed out of the NBA draft and entered the transfer portal, because the name, the NIL legislation wasn't in place yet, then selling his gear became a violation all of a sudden. Oh, no. Oh, great. Yeah. And they socked him with a three-game suspension, which I thought oh, was oh, just wow. stupid. But, uh, yeah. you know, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not in the uh, NCAA offices. Yeah. They, don't let, they don't let me in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, we've had, we kind of had the same thing. We, we, you know, we won our first two games uh, without Kofi and, and without uh, a couple other guys. And then we lost to Marquette by one point. And then went to that Hall of Fame Classic and where Cincinnati beat us by 20. Mm. And that was, you know, people were at that point were saying, what is wrong with this team? You know, can't yeah. Underwood coach. And they, the whole, you know, you, you've heard the litany of things, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, then we turned around and beat Kansas State. Um, and the big one, I think, that turned a lot of things around was when we beat Notre Dame uh, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Um, mm-hmm. They came to town and we, we showed them the door. Um, you know, and I think that kind of put people back into the thing. Okay. This team's going to make it. We're going to be fine. Right. Um, right. We did lose a close game to Arizona uh, recently uh, about a couple weeks ago, uh, or actually about a, well, a little over a week ago. Um, and uh, last night we won a, <laughs> I mean, it pretty much as a laugher uh, 108 to 40, 106 to 48 over St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Um yeah. You know, that, that, that you that's play our, the, you play those games. Those are yeah. kind of your, when finals are, you're getting ready to go into finals oh, or yeah. in finals. Yeah. You got to play games well, like that just to keep your team fresh. Well, and, and, you know, I think it, it the last night's game was, it was a good game because it allowed, he was, a you know, had the chance to finally get some freshmen, some really um, pretty decent playing. We've had a couple, I mean, RJ Melendez and, uh, uh, Luke Goody have played some pretty decent minutes for Illinois as freshmen, but last night they really got to play together um, with some other guys that aren't, you know, your your starting five, so to speak, your starting eight. And um, I think that's going to help them down the road later into the year when some of these guys have had that experience. Now, even though it was wasn't against top competition, it was getting them into the flow of the game, getting them to understand the offense, getting them to play together. Because you know, in two or three years, they're going to be the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think um, so. I think they're gelling at the right time. Now we're still without Andre Curbelo, um, and I do not know if his status is going to change for the Missouri game or not. Uh, they were kind of hoping he'd be available for Missouri. But quite frankly, the way uh, Alfonso Plummer stepped up for, for uh, Illinois, uh, 
people are kind of saying, okay, if we get Curbelo back, where's he going to play? Because uh, uh, Plummer's putting up 20 points a game. Uh, he's hitting four and five three-pointers a game. And last night they set a school record for 18 made three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got the shooters from the outside, and then you got Coburn in the middle. Um, the one thing I think, if I might point a disappointment out, is we picked up a, a kid in the transfer portal, a 6'9", 240-pounder, uh, Omar Payne from Florida, and he has just not developed. I mean, he was supposed to be the backup to Kofi, mm-hmm. and he really has just – I mean, he's averaging less than a point a game. He's comes in, he picks up two or three fouls a game, maybe a rebound, and then he's back. He's only getting like six, seven. He had one game, he fouled out. He only played seven minutes and had five fouls. Mm-hmm. Well- <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do you do yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, but, but other than that, I think, you know, I think this team's, this team's really set. Um, Cause I was watching a couple of play they had uh, in this game. And again, it's against um, small competition, so to speak. Um, but uh, they had a game where plumber come down on the, uh, come down the right side got went underneath the basket, got it to Kofi. Kofi kicked it out to the left side on to Frazier. He kicked it up to the top of the key, picked it around the top of the key, came back down to the right side corner and plumber dreams of three. And it took about five seconds. <laughs> wow. I mean, it was just, you know, that quick, boom, 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 boom. And, you know, so that's the kind of game they can play. And if they're playing on that kind of game, if they're taking control of the ball, they can, they can play with anybody in the nation. In my, in my uh, opinion, um, and uh, I think Missouri is going to be a good test for them, though, uh, because, you know, this is one of those games where, yeah, you kind of throw out the record. That, that The record doesn't mean much when these right. two teams get in. It's kind of like Cubs, Cardinals or Bears, Packers. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean the records don't mean anything when these two teams get together because it's going to be a dogfight no matter how you look at it. Um, right. Right. You know, I mean, that's just the way it's been, I think, over the years. And uh, um you know, because it's, I think what what the I'm trying to look. I'm just looking at the scores here. The last few years, yeah. Um, the the last, well, uh, looks like in 2018, you, you guys beat us pretty handy. You got us beat us by 16. Uh, well, looks okay. like pretty handily. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, the last couple. Um, uh, three points, seven points, you know, uh, we, the games we've won like five points. So it's going to be, I think it's still going to be a close game. I don't care what the records are. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, again, I think it's going to be one of those where, um, as you say, it depends on defense that shows up offense that shows up the guys uh, that, uh, how they play together and how they gel together. And, um, now, do you think Missouri has an answer for Kofi in the middle of them? Um, not really. They've, they're trying out some different guys. They're, they have this seven foot three guy that's, uh, but he's not getting a lot of playing time. Uh, <laughs> his big, his team is, he's six eight. Uh, he's got guys six eight, some good strong guys six eight. So there's not there's not a, a classic big guy in there. Uh, I tell you what Illinois will have to do. They're going to beat Missouri, or the one way to make sure they beat them is Kobe Brown is a 6'8 uh, junior, and he's a forward. He's considered a forward, and he's got the guy that's been carrying the team. Last night he scored 27 points, I think. 
Uh, he's a he he's a strong guy. He can play outside, inside, wherever he want, wants to. And he's a he's a heck of a guy to try to stop. If Illinois shuts down Kobe Bryant, I don't know that Missouri has enough uh, enough to answer that. Uh, they've got some guys that can shoot from the outside. They got a few guys that there's some other guys who can play inside, but nobody's just as consistent as Kobe Brown. So I'm betting that Brad Underwood, of course, if I'm saying this, Brad Underwood knows this, and I'm betting he's preparing that. It's going to be interesting to see if if Kobe can be an impact in that game. If he's an impact in that game, then it's going to be a, a really good game, I think. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan, you know. Um well, I tell you what, um, that's kind of pretty much almost almost wraps it up for me. Um, I tell you what we'll do is when we get uh, maybe, oh, after all the bowl games are over, maybe we can do a quick little uh, recap of, uh, of the, the football and what to expect. And then when we get uh, to the Final Four, uh, we'll definitely have to do an NCAA uh, bracket show. I think that'll be a kind sure. of cool thing. Maybe get maybe yeah, get maybe get Brian in. I tell you what, we, I tell you what we can do is after the championship game, we'll get you know, especially if if Alabama wins, we'll invite Brian on. Yeah, we. Yeah, I want <laughs> I want to watch Brian's head explode if Alabama wins the national championship. Yeah, yeah. We're sorry, Papa. We we tease you, but we love you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey Russ, like I said, this has been fantastic. And well, thanks uh, for I having me on. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. You know, really do appreciate you coming on. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it out there. And um, we'll see you uh, next week. I'll have uh, Guy Bensing on. We'll be talking some NHL uh, hockey. So until then, have a great sports week. And we'll see you later from Talking Sports on the Bleachers. Thanks again for joining us, and you have been listening to Talking Sports on the Bleachers. Here's hoping you have a great sports day.